This morning, I'd like to talk to you about how to be led by the Spirit of God. This church has a challenge to, to win this community for Christ. There's things that God has planned for this church, and we must be ready. And we can't say, well, let the other ones do it. Well, when the babies grow up, they can do it. No, it's your responsibility. And you're the people, this is the place, and now is the time. In order to accomplish this, you must be led by the Holy Spirit. And when I say be led by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that you're a fanatic, crazy idiot, running around, you know, like a lot of these crazy Pentecostals. You know, tongues, all, all tongues is just a sign that you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now that gives you power to testify and to be a witness. And we love the speaking of the tongues, but we don't like the witnessing and going out and be a testimony. So this morning I'm going to share with you simple steps that you can take to uh, be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles in Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 3. And um, I'm going to be using modern translations so that will explain a lot easier to you what the Bible is saying. When you're ready, say amen. If not, say wait for me. Amen. Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. For his name's sake. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to minister your word. Father, these are your children that are here this morning. And they came to hear a word from the Lord, not from me. And I ask, Lord, that you anoint me to minister this message. To be able to clearly explain your will for their lives as we are led by the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for what you're going to do this morning. Bless the hearer like never before. And we'll praise you and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. How to be led by the Spirit of God. We have to be led by the Spirit of God because God is good. And he promised to guide us. He has promised never to leave us on our own. He is with us all the time. When you do good, he's with you. When you do bad, he's with you. When you're in the bathroom, <clears throat> he's with you. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't say, oh my God, what did this guy do? No, he is with you at all times. As a matter of fact, when you're doing wrong and you're out of the way, that's when he's the closest to you waiting for you to say, help me, so he can bail you out and get you out of that problem. Sometimes we think that the Lord has ticked off at us and he doesn't want to deal with us because we messed up. Hey, everybody messes up. We all mess up. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. He's not your doer. I was explaining to the men uh, in the conference. The Holy Spirit is not the doer. He's not going to do for you. You got to do something and then he will help you to accomplish what you're doing. Jesus said, I'm going to go to my father, but boys, relax. I'm going to send you my spirit. He will be with you, in you. He will guide you. He will teach you, and he will help you. He never said he was going to do. He said he would help you. So if you're doing nothing, you don't need a helper. 
You have to do something so that the Holy Spirit can come in and help you accomplish that. Romans 8, 14 says, only those people who are led by the Spirit of God are children. So that's important that if you're a child of God, that you're being led by him. And if you're being led by him, it implies that you're a child of his. Now, I want to uh, start with point number one. I can't follow a culture that doesn't follow God. If you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, you cannot follow a culture that does not follow God. Exodus 23, 2 says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. And we say, well, everybody else is doing it. Everybody does it. Why can't I? When in Rome, do like the Romans. Well, you know, everybody's getting inked up. That doesn't mean I got to get inked up. You know, pastor said something that was funny last night. He says he has more ink in this church, enough ink to run a printing press. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I got to remember, that's a good line. <laughs> We did it because we followed the fad. We followed the, what everybody else is doing. That fad will pass away and they'll come out with something new. Don't follow the culture. Romans 12, 2 says, do not copy. Listen, folks, because we get all messed up in the churches. We, we want to act like the world and come in here and act like God. It doesn't work. He says, do not copy the behavior or the values of this world he said, but instead, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what the God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing the perfect will of God really is. Don't copy the world. That means you don't copy it in behavior, in dress, the things that they do. Don't copy the world. Sometimes you go to a church and you say, Lord, I'm mercy. Am I at a club or I'm in church? Look at the way these people dress. Look at these girls, the way they're dressing today. Ladies dress beautiful. Look gorgeous. Of course, that's the way God made you, female, to look beautiful. But there's a code. There's a line that you don't cross. Wives dress for your husbands, not for the men of the church. You can't say amen, say ouch. Husbands, wake up. Look at your wife. <laughs> she put on a new dress today. You didn't even say, Mama, you look good. You look hot. You know, my wife gets up Sunday morning. She gets all decked out. And when I look at her, I said, Mama, you look like the menu of a fine restaurant. I don't know where to start picking yet. <laughs> and like every other woman, she says, It's an old dress. Honey, honey, you still have the, the ticket hanging from the bacala. <laughs> she bought it two months ago. She has it in the closet. <laughs> Women, <laughs> don't copy the world. The weakness of the culture is that it's temporarily, it's, gonna, it's a fad that's going to pass. Fads change. 1 John 2, 17 says, the world and its pleasures pass away, but the person who does the will of God lives forever. Well, I want to be cool. Listen, you're going to be cool here, and you're going to be hot in hell. Stay close to the cross. Enjoy life. Dress pretty. Guys, look sharp. 
Enjoy life. Serve the Lord. But don't cross the line. Don't copy the world. You can't follow the culture. Let me get a little bit more personal. Number two, I can't follow friends who are not led by God. If you really examine yourself and you say, self, listen to me. The reason I have gone through all these problems in my life is because I followed that jerk or that lady or this one or the other. We followed somebody else that was not being led by the Spirit of God. You must stop letting friends set the agenda of your life. Follow the word. God gave us the, the manual, the instruction manual. I mean, I know you guys, uh, you know, we buy a computer program. We download it or we stick the CD in the computer and we try to figure it out. And 39 hours later, we're stuck. Then we go to the manual to find out how it works. But sometimes we do the same thing in church. We come here, we hear the word of the Lord. You happen to be blessed because you have a man here that is a studier of the word. He, he loves to get into the word. And, and you get rich word. You don't get bread and bologna. You get bread. How many churches don't have that? I've been to churches where I, I hear the preacher. I say, man, I just wasted an hour of my life. You're blessed. But everything you hear, you're going to be held accountable for. You know, the best way to sin without going with a woman, drugs, and dancing, and all these things that we call sin. The best way to leave this place, all of you here today, all of us, me included, to go out there and sin without touching any of these things is simple. The Bible says, knowing to do right and not doing it is a sin. Knowing that you're supposed to do that and obey the word of God and you do not, it is a sin to you. You know, we need to wake up and smell the roses. God loves you. He loves you just the way you are. With all your mess, with all your stuff, God loves you just the way you are, but he wants the word to change you. It is not the pastor's job to change you. His job is to give you the medicine. It's your job to drink it and work on it. 1 John 3, 7 says, do not let anyone lead you the wrong way. Christ is righteous. So to be like Christ, you must do what is right. And anyone who keeps on sinning is being led by the devil. Uh, you know, read the book. I didn't write it. He, they did. <laughs> I'm just reading it to you. You keep doing the same dumb thing over knowing that it's wrong. You're being led by the devil. Stop it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to get out of that mess. There's a lot of bad advice floating everywhere you go. There's bad advice. You have books. You have magazines, TV, psychologists. Everybody can be a columnist. Even if his own life is in a mess. Headlines, everyone should have an affair, really. The only affair you should be having is with the Holy Spirit. Asking him to guide you. That doesn't mean that you have to be a fanatic, a crazy Pentecostal, like I said before. It means that you acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit and you take some time to, to pray and to love him and for him to teach you. How would you like to have a boyfriend or a boy or, or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife and they never say to you, I love you, honey? You're there, you eat, you go to bed, you get out, you never acknowledge it. You never say to her, I love you, mama. After a while, she's going to say, homie, what's wrong with you? 
did I do? Because <laughs> you got to communicate. You have to talk. And the Holy Spirit is there to listen to what you have to say. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Keep company with wise friends and you will become wise. But if you associate with fools, your life will be suffered. Your life will suffer greatly. You've heard the saying, tell me who you hang with and I'll tell you who you are. You hang with dummies, you become a dummy. You hang with gossipers, you become a gossiper. You hang around with drunks, that's what you become. If you hang around with people of prayer, you become a person of prayer. You hang with the people of the word, you, you become a person of the word. Tell me who you hang. Dime con quien tu anda. Yo te digo quien tu eres. Tell me who you hang with and I'll tell you who you are. Sometimes we need to have a house cleaning. Get rid of some of our friends. Because they're not your friends. They're destroying you. They're stopping you from going to the next level with God for the blessings that God has for you. And because we're so hung up on, I don't want to offend her. Offend her. It's better than, than oh, you, you don't want to offend her and end up in hell. Offend her. Let her go to hell. You go to glory. Get rid of those people that come to your house talking about the pastor, talking about the church, talking. The other week I was with my nephew and I almost opened the door while I was driving. And I stepped on the ring it up to 80, 80 miles an hour and opened the door and throw that sucker out the door. The Lord said, no, 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 Johnny, don't do that. <laughs> He's belly aching about the church. The people in the church, a bunch of hypocrites. People in the church, I don't like to be always talking. I said, listen, you little sap. You haven't been in church in 10 years. You don't know them, they don't know you. The only, body, the only person that's gossiping is you. You're a hypocrite. People that are always complaining about the church, they're always asking for money. What are you complaining about? You never given a dime. You got nothing to say. <laughs> if you want to talk about church finances, then come here and give the, the pastor a check for $10,000 to cover the expenses of the month. And you can say all you want. Put your mouth where your money is. <laughs> no, you got to get rid of some people. Sometimes even family, they're the worst. Because they're holding you back. I know what I'm talking about. I was raised in the church. My father was the pastor of the largest church in Brooklyn. You can tell from my accent, right? I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> People ask me, where are you from? I said, from the south. South, yeah, south Brooklyn. <laughs> and the people in the church were my biggest obstacles. Because I screwed up and they wouldn't let me get out. And God was telling me, give me your hand, I'll help you out. Give me your hand. And I would never like, because the people in church. One day I got up, I said, what am I doing? These idiots, they're not going nowhere. They're not doing nothing. They're not winning nobody for Christ. And they want to hold me back. The person that's counseling you sometimes is worse off than you are. Why are you listening to that person? Get rid of them. They start talking. Sister, let me tell you something. Let, let's pray about it. Well, I, I have to go. The minute you mention prayer, they're gone. Keep wise friends, and you become wise. You keep friends that are dummies, you become what? Hello. <laughs> it bothers me when I see people in the church that go to unbelievers, they pay to get advice. 
that guy's not a Christian. That guy doesn't know anything about the Spirit. Why are you going to people that don't know God, that are not led by the Spirit of God, to get advice? Come to church. Talk to the pastor. Pastor, I need a counsel in this particular area. Either he'll do it or he'll sign somebody to you that can help you and get you on the right road. 1 John 3 and 7 says, don't let anyone lead you astray. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, bad company corrupts good character. You and I that have gone through hard times, if we really look back and we're honest, we, we, we have to admit the reason I got in that mess was because I was with bad company and they ruined my character and I messed up. Don't allow that. God loves you. God doesn't care about your past. If it's your fault, somebody else's fault, what you did, what you didn't do, God loves you just the way you are, but he wants the word to change you. And there's always grace and hope for you. God will change everything. You can do more in your last days of your life than you did in all the beginning of your life. Because God is with you and he can do a quick work. Go ahead and get counsel. But get it from a mature Christian person. Make sure that they are mature. When I say mature, I'm not talking about necessarily old or in the church a long time. I'm talking about somebody that knows the word and has a zipper in their mouth. That whatever you say, it's not going to go out. But there's a lot of people in the church that have the gift of tongues. You said it on Friday. And Saturday morning, the whole congregation knows it. Well, you know, sister, I don't want to gossip. I, I just something to pray about. You know what sister so-and-so told me? Really? <laughs> I was in my church when I first got to Calvary Temple. Back then it was a church of about 5,000 people. And I was brought on as the co-pastor. And the pastor said to one of the ladies, the head of the usher, says, take Pastor Delgado around, show him the building, show him everything around. Sure. So we started walking around. This is the nursery, this is the choir room, this is the band room, this is this room, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know how, why, or why. I have no idea. She started talking bad about my pastor. I've only been there two hours, and she's already bad-mouthing the pastor. When we almost threw, I says, Sister Linda, you know something? I think I know you. No, you just got here. No, no. I think I know your daddy. I think I know your daddy. How can it be? Yeah, I think I know your daddy. Who's my daddy? I said, the devil. Said, what are you talking about? I said, well, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And you don't even know me, and you already started accusing the past of this and that and the other. So you're doing the works of your daddy, the devil. That's how I know who your daddy is. I've been in that church 32 years, and every time she sees me, she says, Delgado, you're terrible. <laughs> But she never gossiped anymore. <laughs> Be careful what you say. Get some counsel, but get somebody that's tight-lipped. Somebody that's mature, that knows the word of God, that the pastor can recommend. An example is Job. He was getting bad counsel. Nasty friends. Even his wife. Listen, sucker, curse God and die. Boy, that's good counsel. <laughs> First, God wants you to have friends. Yes, God wants you to have friends that are unbelievers. Yes. But he wants you, he wants to use you to bring them to Christ. 
we're a bunch of freaks. We can't go nowhere. We can't have no friends. No, no. God wants you to have friends that are unbelievers, but he wants to use you to bring them to the light. Don't let them bring you into their darkness. Jeremiah 15, 19 says, you will be my spokesman. You are to influence them, but do not get them to influence you. If you find out that your friends, you're becoming more like your friends, it's time to pull the lever and say, stop. This is going south. Get rid of your friends. God commands us to love them just as he does. But you are not to love their values. It's nothing. That's okay. It's just that the church, you know how Pentecostals are. They're just hardcore. It's all right. And you give in to that junk. And before you know it, you got problems in your life. It's okay. That's what the devil told Eve. You mean to tell me that God told you that you will not eat, that you can't eat from the apple? That's because he knows you're going to become king just like him. Gossip. Wrong information. John, 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or the things that belong to the world. If you love the world, you cannot love the Father. Hello? Don't love the world. Because if you love the world, you don't love the Father. John 3.16, God so loved the world. You go, oh, What's going on here? He tells me not to love the world, and now he tells me he loves the world. Love people in the world, but reject their worldly values. Do the opposite. We love, we do the opposite. We love the world. Man, that is cool. Man, did you see that? You get a tattoo, and then three weeks later, you regret it. Now it's too late. Because we followed the fads. We followed our friends. I don't, now, now, let me give you a little disclaimer here right now. If you have tattoos all over yourself, don't sweat it. You, you, God forgave you. As far as God concerned, you, he don't even see them. Simple. That's the beauty of God. But if you don't have one, you better think twice before you get it now. I have a sister that was raised in the gospel just like me. She has these tattoos on her legs. Looks like they cracked the skin open and there's a demon coming out of it. I said, Lydia, what are, you, are you crazy? Why, why do you have that? You're implying that your, your body is full of demons and foul spirits and they're breaking to come out of there. Why, why do you do that? And she lives a horrible life. Broke, disgusted, sick, swollen up from the prednisone they give her. She wants to smoke. The doctor says, you keep smoking, you're going to have to wear an oxygen mask. I'm going to stop. She threw the cigarette away and stopped till the next one. Got the next one. <laughs> now she runs around with a tank with a hose stick up her nose. A person that was wrong in the gospel. Sin is knowing to do right and not doing it. Folks, please listen to me. Don't allow the enemy to trip you. Don't think that you're tough, that you can make it. No, you cannot make it. If God is not on your side to help you, you are not going to make it. I mean, I've been in this racket now 71 years. <laughs> and I need the Holy Spirit so I don't trap. So don't tell me you came into this thing two, three, four, five years ago and you don't need them. You need the Holy Spirit to help you and to guard you. 
Number three, I can't, I can't look at other sources beside God. I cannot look at other resources beside God. Stop looking outside for your help. Stop looking outside for advice, for guidance. Get into the Word. Come to the Bible studies. Get into the Bible Institute. Learn. Well, I don't have no time. If they put you in jail, you had time. They lock you up, you're going to have plenty of time. You get sick, you stay home. First thing you do is call the job. Uh, listen, I'm, I can't talk. I'm a, uh, <laughs> we exaggerate a little bit. Yeah. I understand how that goes. You make your time. You make your calendar. Don't let nobody set up your calendar, your agenda. You say, Holy Spirit, help me to, to kill all this waste of time. You want to see a soap opera? Record it. See it later on, but don't sit there two, three hours in front of the TV watching garbage. And the devil just stole from you three, four hours of your life. You see, I can go out today and lose a hundred bucks in a deal or something. I lost it. I lost a hundred bucks. Tomorrow I'll get up and I'll make another hundred dollars and make it back. But if I lose today, 24 hours, I will never recover these 24 hours. And we Latins are known for mañana. We do it tomorrow, man, tomorrow, mañana. What you don't understand is that today is yesterday's mañana. Yesterday we said mañana, here we are Sunday. Today's Sunday, we say mañana is Tuesday. And before you know it, the whole week went by. And you say, well, one of these days I'm going to serve the Lord. One of these days I'm going to take a vacation. One of these days I'm going to save a little money to, to, to fix myself up. One of these, listen, one of these days... Is none of these days. Think about it. How many of you have said, well, when things get better, we're going to save some money, we're going to go on a vacation. And here you are 10 years later, you still haven't been able to go, not even to, to the downtown. Because one of these days never comes. You got to sit and plan and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to manage my money. Help me to manage my home. Help me to manage my kids. He is your helper. He is there to help you, to pick you up, regardless of how your past is. And get up in the name of the Lord and do it. Don't look to other resources besides God. There are too many replacement substitutes for God. You cannot go to the nightclub Saturday night and jump around and enjoy, and then come Sunday morning to jump around in the church. I know people that come to church Sunday morning and they're up here in the front. He could have Sunday morning. Oh, Jesus. They, they lay down, do carpet time. They get up and think about Sunday. And Monday they act like the devil. If the Holy Spirit that's moving you Sunday morning in the service is not changing you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's not the Spirit of God. Spirit, but it's not the Spirit of God. <laughs> You're looking at me like a raccoon staring at an 18 wheeler coming at it. <laughs> oh man, where did you get this guy from, Pastor? <laughs> you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I, I, I've met. Christians that pray hard 
but they also like to read the horoscope. <laughs> Looking for divine direction. Apart from God, the Bible calls it divination. In other words, it's called witchcraft. So how can you pray to God and then practice witchcraft? Wise up. In ancient times, the most common thing to do was they studied the liver of the animals. They take a, an animal that they had sacrificed, open the liver up, and examine it. And this was heavily done in Babylonia, Romans, and in, in Truscans. They did this before going into war. Ezekiel 21, 21 says, And the king of Babylon now stands at the crossroads, uncertain whether to or not to attack, so his advisors will cast lots by shaking arrows from the quiver and, while, and will inspect the livers of sacrificed animals. They will open up a liver to find out if they were going to go left or right, if they were going to attack or not. Some of us, we carry a little metal. This is my little good luck charm. <laughs> this is the... They um, have a little hair of a little boy, a little girl, put, put away. Amulets. That's witchcraft. Get rid of it. Clean your house. Look and see what kind of posters your kids have in your house. Of demonic people, demonic singers. Then you wonder why they can't sleep at night. Can't sleep at night because the cousin of the devil is up on the wall and the spirits manifest themselves and harass your kids and they can't sleep at night. Mommy, I saw this letter. Mommy, I can't sleep. In turn, they don't let you sleep. When you go to work the next day, you're all ticked off. You don't know you're ready to rip somebody's head. Because the enemy's using your kid because you didn't watch and clean the house up. Clean your house. Get rid of all that junk. If you're following the stars, you're not following the sun. Number four, I must stop being led by my circumstances. Don't let your circumstances guide you. It's amazing how many Christians <laughs> determine their lives by circumstances. It must have been God because I missed the plane or I was in heavy traffic. So I didn't go to church. <laughs> really. Others do this now. That must be it. The guy opened up the Bible and I just, if your right eye bothers you, pluck that sucker out. I said, no, that ain't it. <laughs> the orphan plate goes by and they missed your role. And you say, it must have been God's will for me not to give in the orphan today. No, people, no, 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 no. I must have overslept this morning. It must have been God's will for me not to go to church this morning. No, that's the enemy. Last night, many people messed up because of that hour difference. They knew there was an hour change. They knew it was going to be later, one more hour. They knew that. But they were too lazy to go to the clock or, the, or their watch, change it, put the alarm to get ready. You know, I, I came last night and I was, I mean, I was done from this <laughs> ministering to these guys. 
So I set my, my, my phone, the alarm. I called the front desk. <laughs> hey, you guys, make sure you wake me up. Because <laughs> I knew I was going to be gone. The phone rang. I got up right away. I didn't have a problem, but just in case. Why? Because the enemy can trip you. The enemy can trip you. Don't run your life by circumstances. Here's, here's a story in the Bible, an example. Jonah, he's running away from God. And he goes away from God. And he goes to the port and there's a ship. It must be God. God has a ship for me. So he gets into the ship. He had money. It must be Lord providing for me. So he buys a ticket and he gets on the ship. And the Bible says that Noah, in rebellion to God and running from God, he goes to the bottom and he falls asleep. It must be God. I have peace. No. Sometimes that peace is of the enemy. The, the devil can mess up your circumstances to make you feel like you're in God's will, that you're doing God's will, and it is not. Well, he had the money, so he got on board. Do not rely on your circumstances, folks. Do not rely on your circumstances. Paul is on a ship. And he tells the guys, hey, guys, let's not leave. Because if we leave now, it's going to be a, a disaster. We all might even perish. But the Bible says that a little wind came along. A nice little breeze. Acts 27, verse 10. Comes a little breeze. The captain of the boat says, no, 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 this is great. This is a good sign. Let's do it. Listen to the man of God. Listen to the word. Don't be moved by circumstances. The Bible says they got on the ship and the thing went astray. A, 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 a tornado hit them, messed everything up. They lost uh, equipment. They lost lives and they barely made it because they went by circumstances. My daughter got divorced 14 years ago. Married one year. Got divorced. I said, Christina, don't marry that guy. Chris, don't marry my daughter. She's not for you. Christina, he's not for you. You have a calling on your life. Daddy, I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. <laughs> he loved me. Is he a Christian? Yes, daddy. He's a Christian because he came to church one Sunday with you. Hey, dude, you know, you're talking to me. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. You let him, you date him for at least nine months. And see how often he comes to church, and if he comes to church on his own, and he's in church, he's worshiping the Lord and doing what he's supposed to do. If that happens, I'll bless you, and I'll give you the wedding you, you'll never forget about. It was in six weeks, the sucker had never showed up to church again. Christina, don't marry him. No, she married him. She's old, I mean, old enough to marry. She don't need my consent. What is God telling you, Daddy? What is God telling you, Mommy? If he talks to me, he talks to me. You want to find out what he's saying? You talk to him. Never marry somebody in the church that someone prophesies over you. The Lord says that she is for you or that he is for you. That is baloney. God doesn't do that. God gives you a pair of eyeballs. He gives you a brain. He gives you colors. He gives you flavors so that you can pick what you like. Some like them skinny and tall. Easy, greasy. 
Others like them chunk, you know, they, they like them to be a big part of the body of Christ. Big, big, big. They love that. Some like them with big boobs, little boobs, no boobs, legs, you call it. Everybody likes something different. I mean, come on, let's get real. And God gives you a brain for you to pick what you like because he says, I want to give you the desires of your heart. But he gives you the word so that you can judge your decision as to what you're, gonna, what you're picking if that person is walking with the Lord or not. And if you're going out and you're having doubt about the girl or the guy, here's a quick test you have to do. If in doubt, do it out. If in doubt, do it out. Well, a year later, she got divorced. One year. He was an abuser. The only reason he never he abused her verbally. He never touched her because he was hot-tempered. The only reason he never touched her was because he knew that I had come from the Italians in Brooklyn and I had an anointing with a bat. And I had warned him, you touch my daughter, I'll break your legs. Seriously, that's what I told him. And then I said, oh my God, wait a minute, I'm a minister of the gospel. I can't do that, but I guarantee you I'll pick up the phone a hundred bucks to bust your legs. <laughs> Don't mess with my daughter. I even went to the extreme. I said to him, listen, Chris, if you go home one day and you find my, my daughter in bed with three guys, don't touch her. You walk out, cool off, come back the next day or the next hour and throw her out of the house, but don't hit my daughter. Man, I never hit my daughter. Why am I going to let some jerk come and hit my, my daughter? You nuts? Are you crazy? Forgive me, Father. My blood starts to run. <laughs> don't mess with my kids. I left. She's been divorced now 14 years. The other day she came to the house and she was, in Puerto Rico we have a saying that says, este huevo quiere sal, this egg wants salt. <laughs> well, you know, we, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> so her mama says, Christina, you look so beautiful. And I look like, I said, she's going out with a guy. She has a book. How do you know? <laughs> I'm like, God, I know everything. <laughs> and it turned out to be true. So on the way to the airport to bring me here, she brought me here to the airport. And I said, Chris, I'm going to ask you one question about this guy. Does he know the Lord? Remember what the Bible says. Don't make an unequal yoke. I know that. I know, I know, I know. I ran through that one time. I know. Don't get associated with people of the world. Don't get into business with people of the world. You should not have an, 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 an unbelieving partner. It's going to cause you problems. Number five, I cannot be led by my feelings. Your feelings will always lie to you. But I, Mama, I, I got to buy this TV. It's going to be, the, the, the game is coming on. I want to have my buddies over here, and we're going to see the Super Bowl. And we want to, I want it just like that, the one in the church, that big, in my living room. Your living room is only this small, but the TV is bigger. And your wife, who's a dummy that doesn't know nothing, she tells you, honey, wait. Just wait. Don't buy it yet. Let's put the money together. Let me sell some tortillas, tacos, whatever you do. 
let me just get the money. We'll buy a cat. No, no, no. I want to put it on my credit card. And because uh, the guys and they got to sell at Walmart, so this is the time to get it. They got to reduce from twelve ninety five to eight hundred and ninety five dollars. This is the time. Your wife keeps crying backs off unless you do it. You put your TV up. The day of the game comes along, and ten buddies that you was gonna have over, only two show up. <laughs> and you go to work the next week, and the boss tells you. You're fired. The following month, Walmart comes along. We're coming to pick up the TV. You haven't paid for it. And then you hate to hear the words of your wife, the one that didn't know nothing. I told you to wait. Because you went by a feeling. Oh, it just feels... Well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do that. No, it's wrong. Don't go by your feelings. Your feelings will always mix you up. Common mistake, we let our conscience guide us. They say something like this. I have, Pastor, I have this peace about it. <laughs> so did Jonah, and he was running against the will of God. He had so much peace, he went to sleep. There was a storm, and he was sleeping. They had to wake him up. Hey, jerk, get up. Who are you? Are you running from somebody? And he, the Bible says he even confesses. Listen, guys, it's me. I'm running from God. Just throw me overboard. Because he went by his feelings. Others say, I couldn't get no peace about it. It's your feelings again. The Lord told you to give those $1,000, and the devil is telling you, troubling you so you don't give it. I don't have peace. Of course not. He's telling you to put your money. Don't go by your feelings. Jonah, running, falls asleep during the storm. He was at peace, but totally disobeying God. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says that Satan can give you a false peace. Proverbs 14, 12 says, you may feel you're on the right road and still end up dead. The result of being manipulated by our moods, Isaiah 53, 6, we've all strayed away like sheep. We have left God's path to follow our own because we went by our feeling. It feels good. Everybody's doing it. Folks, don't do it. But let's wind this thing down. Pastor told me, because this is the last service, I can go till about 3. But then at 12, he was leaving. <laughs> no, he didn't say, the pastor didn't say anything. I've been picking on the pastor all weekend. When he, when he told me, I asked, how old are you? Really? I said, let me call my daughter. Maybe she can hook do something here. <laughs> See, they all got the good feeling for you. <laughs> In God's timing... The right girl will show up, and he'll find her. She's not going to find him. He's going to find her. So, ladies, if you're interested, get saved. Get right with God. Clean your act up together so that the Lord can talk to him. If not, forget about your feeling. It ain't going to work, Baba. It ain't going to go there. See, I got you out of the hole, brother. Five steps to letting 
God's Spirit lead you. Number one, you must be wanting to be led. You must want to be led. You must start desiring and longing and craving for the help of the Holy Spirit in your life. I have, I have to have God's guidance in this situation. When I came to this men's meeting, I had like five or six different messages that I want to preach. That I knew would affect the guys. But I had to go before the Lord. I said, Lord, which is the one that's going to bust these guys up open? I need to know the one that they really, re not the one that I want, not the one that I feel good, but the one that you want me to do. Here I am uh, Thursday night. My flight was leaving 9.45 in the morning. I'm here Thursday night at the last minute, still tweaking, 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 changing, erasing, book, looking for the perfect will of God for the messages that I was supposed to bring to these guys. You can't go by your feelings. You can't go by, oh, I, I feel good, I feel peace. No. Make sure you know what the Lord is telling you to do. Proverbs 48 says, my God, I want to do what you want and you're going to teach me in my heart. God will teach you. The Bible says that when you sleep at night, you ask the Lord to teach you. And even while you sleep, the Holy Spirit will teach you. You want to be led by the Holy Spirit? Number two, I must be willing to do what God says. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. It's an old song. I don't know, you guys sing it here. We just, that song was when, when he was young. <laughs> Long time ago. Back in 1990, <laughs> Long time ago, they used to sing that song. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. Trust the Lord. You want it. You, Lord, I want you. I need you. I need you to help me. John 7, 17 says, Whoever is willing to do what God wants and chooses it will know if that which is, well, I'll teach, come, what I teach will come from God. God will teach you. Number three, I must look to God's word. So what can I depend on? Depend on God's word. God's word never, never fails. And God will always keep his promises to you. It's better that you're 45, 50 years old, single in peace with the joy of the Lord and the anointing of God than trying to get married right away and then going through hell and say, what did I do this? Oh, God, help me. You marry a guy today and then now you got to babysit this jerk. He's a mama's boy. He was in church until he got you. Then now he's got you married. Now he don't want to come to church. He don't want to do nothing. And you got to push him because you let your feelings get in, in the way. Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp and a guide to me and a light to my path. He will guide you. He will lead you. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and, and how to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do the right thing. Psalms 119.133 says, Guide my steps by your word so I will not over, be overcome by evil. You see, once you get the word of God inside of you, you start getting those verses and you start storing them in there. And you get into a situation where you're getting tempted and you get in a situation that is wrong. The Holy Spirit will come up and bring that word to your mind. And he'll 
Sound the alarm. Beep, 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 beep. And now you got to choose. Am I going to follow the word or am I going to follow my feelings? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? The Holy Spirit will always be there to help you. And it might be tough to make the decision and say, I'm going to follow God. But he'll see you out. And the Bible says that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The word reward means that he will pay you. He'll pay you. He'll bless you. He'll give you money. He'll give you help. Whatever you need, whatever the need you need, he says he will reward you with it because you diligently sought his face. God's will is found in his word. As you read the word, he speaks. When you open your Bible, when you open your Bible, God is speaking to you. When you shut the Bible, you're shutting God's mouth. I'm so lost, I don't know what to do. Open the book. Open the book. Or you can come here and dance in the spirit, speak in tongues and do floor time and do whatever you do. All the things that we like. And all that stuff is good. I'm not saying that that's bad. But if you don't open the book, you're wasting your time. Because you're just feeding the flesh. And you're starving the spirit. But if you feed the spirit, you starve the flesh. And now you can enjoy the things of the Lord. And when you praise and you jump up and down and you do carpet, you do it with a purpose. God is changing you. Uh, you know, I'm not what I used to be. <laughs> I'm not what I, but, but he's still working on me. He's changing me. He's constantly changing me. God is changing me. Many of you here have gone through hard times. This is not prophetic. This, I know this because every church I go to, it's the same, everybody everywhere. We're going through hard times with ourselves, with our kids, with the husband, with the wife, with the mother-in-law. Peace, peace, peace. We all have problems. But God says, call upon me. Call upon me in the time of trouble. And he says, I will answer you. But he doesn't stop there. He says, not only will I answer you, he says, I'll show you a great and a mighty thing. See, the problem is we want to see the thing before we call on him. We want to know exactly how he's going to do it before we humble ourselves and say, Lord, I need you. Help me. I'm going to ask everyone to stand, please. No moving around unless you have to go to a specific place of ministry. <laughs> I was going to go by that clock back there. It's 1030. <laughs> Man, I still got a whole hour to go for 1130. That's good. <laughs> I rebuked that clock. <laughs> Listen, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, life is boring. The enemy has given me crumbs. I've wasted my time. And I need to come back to Father's house. I need to come back to the Father's house. Now, let me make this clear. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you to become a crazy Pentecostal. 
Because religious, listen, religion is the theology of the devil. Because religion comes with a list of do's and don'ts. God comes without a list. He says, come as you are. All I'm asking you is to receive the Jesus that saved me. When the mob wanted to kill me, and the DA was after me for a year and a half, and my family didn't want to have nothing to do with me, and the church, instead of giving me the right hand of fellowship, they gave me the right foot of fellowship. And I was hiding in a basement. And the only two people that showed up to that basement to help me was my wife, who was a prayer warrior, and Jesus. And I said, Jesus, I've screwed up my life. I've messed it up, my name, everything. It's a waste. I need you to help me. And the Holy Spirit came and helped me. And in 33 days, the Holy Spirit solved all the problems. The big boss who's dead today, praise the Lord. <laughs> Carlos Gambino called me and said, Johnny D., you and your wife and your baby. The daughter that got divorced, she was 30 years old. You rest in peace. Nobody's going to touch you. Eugene Gold from the district attorney's office in New York called me and says, Mr. Delgado, we can't bring a case against you. We have to close this thing now. We have to close it. We have to close it. Close it. I don't know what happened. I don't know who did what. All I know is that the Holy Spirit took care of it. 33 days. Today I go back to Brooklyn. I go to some of the old joints, the restaurants, because the Italians, the food is a man, dirty. <laughs> Good. And they say, hey, Johnny. A lot of them are all gone already. So I don't care what you've done. I'm just asking you, let me pray for you so that you receive that Jesus that I received that helped me. Maybe you've done things that nobody knows, but it's okay. God knows. And he's willing this morning to forgive you if you will give him your heart to. You know, man, let me tell you something. It takes a real man to say, I want to serve Jesus. Real men cry. So this morning, here's what I want you to do. If you're here this morning and you say, I need to come back to Father's house, get my act together with the Lord, and I want you to pray for me, Pastor. I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Is there anyone in the name of Jesus? God bless you, son. God bless you back there. God bless you here. God bless you, son. Anyone else? This is your time. God bless you. You can lower your hand. God bless you back there. The Bible says that the violent take it by force. Bless you, my brother, back there. Someone else, give your life to the Lord. God loves you. He loves you just the way you are, and he wants the word to change you. Anyone else? Bless you, son. Don't let the enemy, the enemy has given you crumbs and wasted your life, your health, everything, your money has been gone. If you want to keep that same lifestyle and keep, keep getting wasted, then stay where you're at. But if you want God to change you, raise up your hand and say, I want, to, I want you to pray for me. I want to receive Jesus. Anyone else, quickly. Back there. God bless you, son. God bless you, sister. Everything that we do in church, all the worship, the powerful worship, the, the message, everything that is done is done for this point in the service. That's it. It's for this. We go fishing into the pits of hell to pull them out and bring them into the kingdom of light.
Anyone else? One more time. You say, I'm giving in. I'm tired of running. If that's you, raise your hand quickly. Okay, guys, here's what I want you to do. I need you to take a second step of faith. The Bible says that Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you before the Father. So the way you show that you're not ashamed of the Lord, you raise your hand. You say, I want to change. I want to bless you. Bless you, sister. Yes, I see you. If you raise your hand to receive Jesus, you, God bless you. If you raise your hand to receive Jesus, I want you to step out of your, your pew there, your chair, and come up here. I just want to pray for you real quick. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're not, you're, you're not ashamed of the Lord that's going to clean you up. Good, brother. Come, come. Come on, a lot of more, more hands were, were raised up. Don't be afraid. Just come on. You're not going to say anything. All you're going to do is repeat a prayer with me. That's it, son. Come on, come on. Anyone? Bless you. That's right. Come on. That's right. Bless you, sister. Come. Anyone else that raise your hand? Come on, do it. Do it in the name of Jesus. You know, I was in the church 33 years, and all the enemy did was beat my brains out. I thought it was a hot shot because I was making a lot of money. I was making between $28,000 and $40,000 a month as a loan shark. Because I had money in my pocket, I thought my brains were the best. I was an idiot. Because the devil was using that money to take me straight, first class seat to hell. And when the money was gone, the friends were gone. Everybody was, I was left alone. My mama used to say, a dollar in your pocket is a friend in the pocket. When the dollar is gone, the friend is gone. You, have that, you guys that have served time, where, where were all the guys that were with you before you got in there? How many of them went to see you in jail? None. You had to sweat it all out alone. Jesus says, I'll never leave you. I'll be your friend and I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will help you. I will bless you. I will prosper you. I'll make you the head and not the tail. One more time. You need Jesus. Come on, get up here. You need Jesus. Take it by force. The violent take it by force. Come on. Come on. That's it. That's it. Come on. The Holy Spirit is giving you that old gospel song that used to say, you got to change your evil ways. <laughs> Try it. Change. Change. Okay, let's go on. Guys, look at me. You guys that came up to the front. We're going to make a prayer. I'm going to say the prayer. You guys are going to repeat it after me. You're going to say that prayer to your heavenly father, not to me. My name is John, not Jesus. <laughs> okay? You're going to say it to Jesus. You're going to say it to him with all your heart. At the bottom of your heart, you're going to say it to him. The Bible says that the minute you finish that prayer, if anything happened to you and you died, you will go straight to heaven. You're just the same as me, as the pastor, as everybody else here, the minute you finish this prayer. 
See, that's the love of God. People say, they should shoot him. They should kill her. They should do this. But God says, no, 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 no. If he accepts me, I give him life. And I give him abundant life. You know what I'm saying? You ready to make that prayer with me? You ready to make that prayer? Good? Okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say it out loud. So you hear yourself. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. By hearing. Hear yourself. In this time of confession. Amen? Matter of fact, I'm going to ask the whole church, because there's a couple of them back there hiding that should have been up here. Everybody say the prayer to help them in their journey. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this opportunity because I'm messed up. I got problems. I got situations in my life that I can't handle. And I need your help. I'm asking that you give me salvation today. Save me. Wash me with the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, today I confess that Jesus died on the cross. And he came off that cross to bring me life and bring it in abundance. Today I declare that Jesus is Lord. And he is my master. And a him I will serve. Father, give me strength to serve you all the days of my life. Now, I want you to repeat this with an attitude, a real nasty attitude. And say, Satan, I command you in the name of Jesus to take your filthy hands off my life, my finances, my health, my family, my kids. Everything that I have belongs to my brother Jesus. You have no part in this. So be gone in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this gift. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Woo! Welcome to the family of Christ. Welcome, sweetheart. Everything is going to be all right. The problems are going to be solved. You watch. God bless you. Welcome, bro. Takes a tough guy to do it. Bless you, my brother. Don't let the past bother you. It's over. It's over. How you doing, Papa? You doing all right? Okay, good deal. Bless you, my brother. Welcome to the body of Christ. Dios te bendiga. Dios te bendiga. Bless you. Bless you, my brother. Bless you. Listen, don't let the past haunt you. Don't let it haunt you. Today you are a new creature. The Bible says old things have all passed away. Everything is new. God doesn't even know what you've done because today he wiped it out. As humans, we have a tendency to say, oh, Father, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And three years later, we're still, Father, forgive me, forgive me. And God is saying, forgive me for what? What did you do? Because today, he wiped it all out and made it all new. Be encouraged, my brother. Be encouraged. Here's what we want you to do before you sit down. Can you please follow the elder over here? Where's that elder? Oh, this side. I'm sorry. Over here. The good-looking guy that looks like me. No. <laughs> follow him. He just wants to give you some information. 
and take your number so that they can contact you and help you. Come on. Give them a hand clap, everybody. If you're here this morning, listen to me quickly. Because I had a vision a little while ago. I had a vision of a steak with potatoes and carrots. No. <laughs> listen, listen, listen real quick. Man, this, is good. this is good news. We're supposed to have fun in church. Stop looking like you've been baptized in lemon juice. Come on. People don't know how to have fun in church. I can't walk around with people that are always serious. They give me the heebie-jeebies. I said, what's wrong with you, brother? I went to Cuba to, to minister. And they're expecting this. They're announcing me with pictures all over the place where I was going to do a seminar and teach and preach. And Dr. Delgado. In their mind, they're trying to figure what I look like. They probably thought I was going to come in with a big old mustache and two curls. Who knows? And I get out of the car and I walk in and I see this elder at the door. Dios le bendiga, hermano. God bless you. I said, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. That's why I backed up. I said, hey, brother, something wrong with you? Are you sick? No, no, no. I said, brother, you look like you got diarrhea. He cracked up. Every time he saw me, he'd go. <laughs> Folks, this is good news. Enjoy the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Learn how to smile. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I need help. I want to pray for you. If that's you, come up here. I don't, you, don't have, you don't have to tell me the problem. Trust me. If God wants me to know what your problem is, he's going to tell me. Because <laughs> he knows me. I, I say like Jesse. He, know, he calls me Johnny and I call him Lord. <laughs> come on. Now listen, come on now because later on, I don't want you stopping me in the back. Pastor, you know, I have to, can you pray for me? No. If you want me to pray for you, come tonight. <laughs> come on. God knows your hurt. He knows your problems. He knows what you need.